Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Jessica Velasquez. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Thank you, Alicia. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I should start by saying I'm a mom. I'm a mom of five. I am originally from Panama, but I'm, right now I'm recording from Canada, which is home for me now. And I'm an interior designer. Um, the person who can go into your home and identify what needs to be fixed in an instant and can give you doable, practical tips to fix it without going over budget. So I call myself the first home design specialist because I love helping first-time homeowners. In a nutshell, a mom, interior designer, Panamanian living in Calgary. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, we kind of talked a little bit before I hit record about how I feel about decorating. Yes, you did. <laughs> and what I said was that to me, decorations are just stuff I have to move later. <laughs> and I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm, I'm really, really glad. I have something that I have denominated your UDC, your unique design code. You know, it's like if we want to simplify it, it's kind of your style, mm -hmm. but I don't like talking so much about style because people start going into, into retro or glam or, you know, like minimalistic or modern. What's that? Like, what's the difference between modern and contemporary? Like people get caught in that. So I, I, I think that we each have a unique code that identifies what speaks to us. So that's your UDC. And, and yours, that, what you said is part of your UDC. You do not like seeing shelves or tables or dressers with a lot of stuff. Would I say, oh, you're a minimalist? I don't know, because I, I will still need to kind of analyze where you're from. But what you said, uh, you said that you don't like moving stuff to clean. So that tells me it's not just, just your unique design code, it's also your lifestyle. And lifestyle has a lot to do with our UDC or with the way we decorate our homes. If we don't integrate our lifestyle into our choosing furniture and colors, the only thing you'll do is spend money, waste money, because it's going to frustrate you at the end. So I'm really happy that you have that self-awareness. This is not what I like. This is not me. And, and I think that's where everybody should get to. Because it, once you've identified that, then you can make better decisions. On the opposite, if we just make decisions based on what looks good on a website, what looks good on somebody's Instagram or on the store, it may look good 
on or at their home on their on their pages, but not not necessarily good in yours. So, so yes, good good for you for being self aware of what you like and what you don't like. I really like the idea of having a unique design code. Like that's I've never heard that before, but it's something that makes a lot of sense because. I, I'm like, I'm one of those people that I don't really like assessment tests because mm -hmm. I, they give you three options and I'm like, well, sometimes I'm A and sometimes I'm B and sometimes I'm none of those options. So what do yeah. I pick that, you know, like those kinds of uh, tests really irritate me to the point where I didn't do them for many, many years. And then I took the Myers-Briggs tests and, oh. and it actually opened up parts of my personality that I that I know existed at one point but I'd forgotten about them oh, and there was like this release of like oh this is who this is who I was meant to be yeah versus who I've been living as mm -hmm. um so I I have shifted from hating assessment tests to only you know the parts that I mentioned not liking <laughs> yeah well like I think it Sometimes some answers like what you just mentioned will give you an aha moment and you're like, oh, that is why dot, 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 dot. So, yeah. So I, I do think that we all need to identify that. I mean, I've had clients that have said to me literally, so this is a true story. She said to me, I'm a minimalist. I don't like seeing a lot of things on my walls or on my shelves, kind of what you just said. So as we started choosing things and, and I started sending her proposals, she's like, uh, well, let me send you what I like. And she started sending me photos of rooms that had a lot of vibrant colors, lots of contrast, lots of decorations. I'm like, I don't think you know what a minimalist is because, you know, it may sound good to some people. I'm a minimalist or I'm a modern, I'm glam, but do we really know what that means to us? And, and as a designer, I, I need to be very careful. We need, we cannot assume that we know what the other person is thinking or that I, or that the other person understands what I'm saying. And that goes for moms too, for real, any kind of relationships, right? We can't assume we know exactly what our kids are thinking or expecting or that we are being understood exactly the way we see it in our mind so it's kind of the same thing yeah and I you said kids I my brain went to coaching because you can't assume that you understand what anybody means absolutely as, as a human like we I've I've thought about this a lot because it's fascinating to me but we're not taught how to communicate we learn by listening to the adults around us and we emulate them and but no sometimes it's not the right one <laughs> and it's not the right and it's not always the right definition nobody sits you down and says this is a cup well you know this is also a cup i'm sh showing you all the clutter on my desk right now but <laughs> all my food <laughs> you know there there's if i said describe a cup you would describe something very different than, than I would. Yeah. It's, it's just, but they're both cups and neither one of us is wrong, but it creates a lot of confusion inside of, of conversations because Absolutely. we do assume that my definition of cup and your definition of cup are exactly the same. Yeah. And when you mentioned minimalist, my thought was, oh yeah, I'm totally a minimalist. If I showed you my desk right now, you would laugh at me. Um, <laughs> and so I think I'm more of um, 
I have, I attach sentimental value to uh -huh. a lot of the stuff that I have. Um, because if it's, if it's not something I use or something that I am attached to emotionally for some reason or another, I don't want it around. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. So that would be very not... interesting mm -hmm. to see what you have on your walls, because mm -hmm. I, I believe in surrounding ourselves with things that are lovable and the livable and not just, you know, I, I don't so much like rooms that look like they just came out of a furniture catalog mm -hmm. and they look, you know, pristine and, you know, well put together, but they have no personality. And it is the items that, that reminds us of maybe trips, things our kids have done, things, you know, that we did or made. Those are the things that I believe we should surround ourselves with because then that makes, that brings our personality into the place. And it's not just something that you put together because it looked good again and at the store, right? Right. So yeah. I have, I'll just tell you the things that I can see. I have a sign that I made that says to hear the laugh of a child, to wake up to next to the love of your life and to know God place them on earth for you oh. you are blessed so i made that beautiful beautiful uh, i have a picture of my grandmother uh in a bathing suit when she was 26 years old <laughs> because that was the that was the picture that my grandpa used to always put on slide he would like sneak him into slideshows and she would hate it <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they just they gave us all of the grandkids a picture of that picture no. in, a, in a frame and then I have um my 40th birthday cards um on the top of my desk and a picture of my son and a couple of pictures of me and my dad and um yeah so lots of lots of sentimental stuff um and I have cups and cups and cups of pens <laughs> yeah I never write at all, but I used to love writing. So I have a sentimental attachment to writing utensils. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you probably have a beautiful gallery wall and I'm glad that you have them up in front of your desk, because that to me means that when you look up, you're, you're not just looking at your computer, but we sometimes look up and we start thinking, remembering things, planning, but you look up and you're suddenly inspired. And that's what I think every home should be like an inspiring place, even when it's not perfect. So you're talking that you have things in your desk and you said, oh, I have, you know, food containers and stuff, but yet you look up and it inspires you. And I think that's reality for a lot of us. Our homes are not perfect. Mine certainly isn't. I could show you my entrance and my kids have shoes at the entrance. I have things that are moving into my garage and things that were in my kitchen that have to go to the storage room. But I love my home because I've surrounded myself with things that are dear to me and inspiring. And some things I bought because at the store, they're not necessarily things that have been made. Uh, you know, by one of my kids, but there are things that, oh, I love this. There are things that I've thrifted and they, you know, they just give me this thrill that I thrifted this really awesome thing. I have things that I've collected in my trips. I have things that my kids have done. So I have a really good collection of things that are inspiring to me. That, that kind of self-awareness, I think it's key, key when you, when we are designing or decorating our homes. What's interesting to me is again, me and my love of assessment tests just took one, um, <laughs> but it's part of a, a, a program that I'm, I'm in now. 
Um, and the, the coach and the program wanted to know what our top five values are. And mine are love, peace, family, certainty, and financial stability. And I would say the things that are surrounding my desk would fit into those categories. That very interesting. Super fascinating. Very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And unbeknownst to you, this is what you're doing. That's part of your, your, your design code. So an advice to you and, and to your listeners, if you want to identify your what your unique code design code is, you probably can do a very simple exercise. And it's you go to Pinterest and open a board and pin. And if you don't use Pinterest, you can just use this um you know, screenshots in your phone, you know, a file in your computer, clips, whatever it is. But I, I tend to like Pinterest because it's very easy to pin things. And pin, like, let's say you're trying to define what your unique design code is for your bedroom, then pin at least 20 bedrooms that you love. Do not pin only the ones that fit your space or the ones that you think are affordable to you or the ones that you think will go with whatever else you have. Just pin, pin 20 rooms, 20 bedrooms that you like. And it could be 20 bedrooms in a hotel or sometimes you can even, you know, throw in like a restaurant that just things that really speak to you. And then step, step back and analyze those 20 photos. It's gonna tell you a lot about yourself. If you analyze and you start going like, oh, you know, most of these photos have blue. Most of these photos have a lot of photos or pictures on the wall or none. And I see that I'm pinning, naturally pinning rooms with plants or rooms in black and white or whatever. You, you get my the point. So that's a really good exercise to get to know what your UDC is. That's that's a really cool thing. And, and you know, if money and space were no object, right? <laughs> Like <laughs> to yes. go through Pinterest and pick those things of just what you like yeah. and don't think about anything else. And yeah, and, and a lot of the times you can work around money and space. It's it takes, you know, the ideas and, and to really know what you have, what you like, to then see how you can adapt them. But the next thing to identify is your lifestyle. That would be um, if not first, then top two, your lifestyle in your design code, because your lifestyle is going to determine what you buy, what you bring into your room, into your home. And this is where I, I like introducing my four keys to a self-care home, a home that takes care of you. And the first one is self-awareness. Self-awareness is where is what determines, okay, I don't need X, Y, or Z, because I do this is the way I cook, or this is the way I like entertaining, or not. Like if we, if we just talk about a living room, I cannot assume that the way I use my living room is the same way you do it, or somebody else. I may love having, you know, 10, 15 people over, and my the layout of my living room is going to look completely different to somebody that just uses their living room to unwind, or read books, or someone that has a book club or to someone whose kids play in the living room. So that kind of lifestyle has to play a huge role into how what we buy 
and how we place our furniture. And we definitely need to have to do some some mindset <laughs> work. I know that it's kind of a very used word, but it's true. We do have to get to that place where we identify what kind of lifestyle we have and how the home that we're creating supports that lifestyle and not the opposite. Yeah, it, it mindset might be overused as a word, but it's undervalued and under understood. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the importance of it. I mean, it's 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 huge. Our mindset is is everything. And you know, like I I look at my I was thinking about my my parents' house, my dad and my stepmom and and because you were talking about the living room space and their living room has space has the capacity to hold a lot of people. And because my dad was an entertainer, like he liked to have people come over and, and, um, you know, our, my living room is, has that same kind of openness, that same kind of space. It doesn't have the capacity like my dad's living room does, but it has the same kind of feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The openness and, and the flexibility to invite other people over. And do you, do you like having a lot of people over? I mean, the pandemic happened like five minutes after we moved here. Oh. And <laughs> no, um, we had um, <clears throat> we had my family over for um, Super Bowl okay. um, in, in 2020. And so, um, you know, we had people squeezing in on the couch and um, and then the people that weren't interested in the uh, football game. <laughs> football game we're in the dining room playing nice. games on the table so nice. um, we didn't have a ton of people but we had you know my family the the people that were important to me came over and and we did that and then you know um, the next month has been the pandemic so we've had yeah. like maybe three or four people over at a time since then very sporadically um but we do talk about it a lot. We're like, we, we got to like do something and invite people over. And cause we just got into this ha habit of, yeah. um, you know, not having anyone, not over. having people come over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that, that would be totally okay. If you're not that person, right. Some people do not like having anyone over and, and it doesn't have to be because you have social anxiety or anything else. Just, it's just that you don't like it. Now, if you like having people over, but you're embarrassed to bring them over into your home, then you need to talk to me. I mean, not you, Alicia, yeah. but your listeners, because if your home is not supporting that life vision that you have, we need to change it. Yeah. We, it and I'm not talking, please, for your listeners, do know that I'm not talking about a price tag or a style. I'm talking about your home can be as simple as you want it to be and that luxurious of you as you can afford it. That's completely aside. We, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about a home that supports the vision that you have for your life. And we all have it. Mm -hmm. in, um, we even have that vision as we're growing up. You know, we're at home with our parents and as teenagers, we would say probably things like, I would never do that in my home or when I move out, when I have my own home, I will never do this or this or that, or, you know, 
for the good or for the bad. And so as we mature and as we grow, we, we start seeing other couples, we start visiting with other families, you start going like, I want to do that as a family, I want to do that, my, my kids will never do that, and things like that, right? So we are creating this vision in our minds that we bring in when we buy our first homes, our second, our homes, even if we're renting. So that home, that dwelling needs to support that vision whatever style or budget you have. And that point of self-awareness that I mentioned at the beginning is key. Otherwise, we're going to buy things and bring couches and art and rugs because they look good, but has nothing have nothing to do with that vision and that lifestyle. What's funny is um, we went rug shopping this weekend because in our kitchen, there's a seam on the floor that has um, chipped away. It's okay. the floor needs to be replaced, but our landlords aren't going to do that. So um, we've stubbed our toe multiple times on the crack and we're like, okay, let's get a, a carpet to, to cover yeah. it. So we went to the store and we, it was between a red one and a blue one. And, and we both were kind of drawn more to the blue one. Um, but I have red towels mm -hmm. <laughs> for hand mm -hmm. towels. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, even though we have the red towels, we also have some blue towels that I bought because they were on sale at Costco. Yeah. And so let's do the blue one. So we got the blue one, we laid it down and it was like, it, it's blue with brown and gray. Like it has, you know, yeah. multiple yeah. colors in it. It yes. matches the kitchen perfectly. Nice. And it was like, oh, that, like, I had no idea how much I would love this rug in here. I thought a rug in a kitchen was like kind of stupid, but okay, whatever. I don't want to stub my toe anymore. So yeah. you, I wish your listeners could see your face, how it lit up yeah. as you spoke about how much you like that. And that is that same feeling you just expressed mm -hmm. is what I wish everybody had mm -hmm. when they come into their home. See, what, what happens is sometimes... We, we move into a home and lack of confidence, limited budget, not knowing what to do prevents us from taking action. And it keeps us there into that inaction phase. And then um, what I, I call, it's a syndrome that I've, I, I call it the first homeowner syndrome because I, I talked a lot to homeowners, first time homeowners. Then they get to this part where they feel you know, my home, my room looks unfinished because, you know, I, I, I don't want to bring anything in. I'm, I don't know. I don't want to spend the money. And then you're like, okay, I, I, I got to do something about this. And then they go and buy things without, a, without really knowing where they're heading, without having a plan, a budget. And then they bring things to their house. And it's what I hear a lot. I'm tired of buying things that don't go together. I'm tired of buying things and, and put it, they look good here, but not in my home. And then that reinforces the feeling that, oh, I'm not good at decorating. I shouldn't do it. So it's kind of a vicious circle that all it takes is some planning with purpose. Some pinning with purpose is what I call it. And, and just our home have, to have those, our homes have those keys, have the potential of enhancing that vision that we're talking about and a simple rug in the kitchen mm -hmm. just lightens up the space, makes you feel like I want to be here. Mm -hmm. I want to be cooking because I love it. Same thing with, you know, simple photos on your walls. Mm -hmm. 
changing one color in your entrance, maybe one pillow in your in your couch. There, there are some very simple changes that we can all make that will help us. One taste that win, that's that small success that, you know, this looks good. I love it. I think I can do this. And then we'll hopefully inspire you to do another wall and another one until one room is finished. But it, it's very interesting, this business of decorating our homes and, you know, what we bring into our homes, what we bring in as how we feel about ourselves in decorating it's very interesting as we talk about it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, we've been here for three years and my ultimate goal is to buy a house. <clears throat> and so we're in the process of, we've been looking for houses to buy for pretty much throughout the whole pandemic. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my big thought process is I don't want to buy stuff for this house uh -huh. because what if it doesn't fit in the next house? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend says, I'm tired of living in a holding pattern waiting mm -hmm. for, for the next house that we're going to move into. Yeah. And so that's where I come from with the, I don't want to move the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I definitely don't like clutter, like mm -hmm. clutter, just unless it's my clutter, mm -hmm. then it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. my stuff, it's fine. Cause I have it in the place that I want it, but everybody else's clutter drives me crazy. Um, but that's because I had autonomy over my room when I was growing up. And the rest of the house, I had no say in. And so the rest of the house had a lot of clutter. And um, my mom was a teacher. And you know how teachers change a lot their of stuff. Rooms? <laughs> yes. They change their rooms with the season. My mom has done that in her house. And I'm like, that just seems like so much work. It's like, it hurts me to watch her have to do all that. So interesting what you just said. That comes from your from your upbringing, mm -hmm. and you probably will hear other people say, "My mom had the same decor for twenty years, so I want to change." So it's very very interesting. Sometimes we talk about design and decoration. Some people may may see it as a very superfluous thing, or we're, you're just talking about pillows and colors. It's quite the opposite because our surroundings affect. Our, our mood, our productivity, our emotional well-being, a lot. We just don't like addressing it as that because it means spending money or some people may see it as, you know, again, the word so superfluous, but it affects us a lot. And to your point about renting and your boyfriend, you know, feeling in a that he's in a holding pattern, it is very, very common uh, in people that are renting. So I... Uh, the beginning of the pandemic too, I did a series called Rent Like a Designer. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed, because we, we know we were at home, right? So I did yeah. probably two interviews a week with other interior designers, colleagues about renting like a designer. And one, one of my questions at the end of every interview was, what do you recommend for somebody who's renting, buying the furniture pieces that will last 
or buying this like the bigger ones like like your dining room set your you know your bedroom your couch or the smaller accent pieces that are easier to move so we're talking about um the conveniency of moving things or the durability of buying things at last and it was 50 50 it was very very interesting to see how everybody split into two. I am more in the in the area of by the accent pieces, because like you, I would say I, I'm against sectionals, especially for people who are renting, because sectionals only have two ways of placing it. And if you move to somewhere else and that one specific or those two ways of placing your sectional don't fit, then you're out of, you know, of that section, you need to sell it, you need to buy something new. So I would recommend to buy, you know, the, the three seat couch and accent pieces, but not the big sectional, or maybe, you know, buy concentrate on buying the things that you can take with you, like the smaller accent chair the smaller cabinet, you know, those things that you can move anywhere. Artwork for your walls is an excellent way of start buying things. And if you if you can put them up on your walls too, because you don't want, you don't know, first of all, how long you're going to be on that rental. And you've been there for three years, but that, think about it, that's over 150 Sundays, 150 Fridays, and needless to say how many mornings you're waking up in this place. So it is worth putting attention into our surroundings, especially if they affect us. And most people are affected for the good and for the bad and, the, uh, you know, from where they live. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Like my, my son was in a bad mood this weekend. I don't remember why. I don't think it was my fault, but <laughs> he was in a bad mood. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think it was his video game because he he just gets too uh, emotionally attached to, to the video game. And anyway. Um, and so we were kind of talking about, you know, how to deal with his frustration in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, well, one of the things that I do when I'm mad is I clean and because it's productive and it gets a lot of like energy out. Mm -hmm. um, and so he went into his room and he started cleaning and his room, he doesn't do a whole lot in his room. He's, he hangs out with us. So his room when it's clean stays clean for a long time until he has a friend come over. <laughs> and then it. It gets dirty. Um, but so right now his room is really clean and the Roomba that the Roomba used to go into his room as like, that was the place it went to die because it would get stuck on something and it couldn't get unstuck. And then it would just die. Where's the Roomba? It's probably in Xander's room. Uh, <laughs> and yesterday I, uh, I went um, to a doctor's appointment, I came back and, and the Roomba had gone into Xander's room and it didn't die. Like the floor was clean, the beds are made and the counter, he, he dusted all the counters off. Wow. And how old is he? He's 10. Very good. But we kind of, we kind of helped him. Cause he, once he got over the being mad part, like he's like, can you help me? And so both my boyfriend went in, um, and he spent time decorating and 
his room is not how I would decorate my room. He's got all of his pictures on that I had staggered on his chest of drawers. He's yeah. got them all pushed up against the wall now. Okay. And I'm like resisting the urge to like stagger them. Yes. Like, it's room. It's not mine. It's like, you know. Wise mom. <laughs> um, but we got rid of some stuff that he doesn't use anymore. Um, we, I have a trip to Goodwill coming up to, to get rid of all of that stuff. And, um, but now he's, he's spent the last couple of days actually like hanging out in his room and he's curling up in his bed and, you know, just really enjoying that space. And, um, he's, he loves space, the, the universe. And so he's got all the little stickers of, um, stars that glow in the dark and we have a black light and he has a black light in there and he just as he really wanted this projector that would project the the solar system onto his onto the ceiling and onto the wall and so that was his reward for getting his room all clean and um it and it's just it's the coolest thing and and it, it's exactly what you've been talking about where it's like now that it's this clean space he actually wants to go in there mm-hmm. and when I go in there I don't feel like yanking my hair out because it's mm-hmm. it's clean and it's or tidy and organized what an amazing foundation you're creating for him because he's understanding maybe he not he may not be able to verbalize it or articulate it in the way saying yeah my room makes me feel at home but he's he has the feels and as he grows up that's going to be important to him mm-hmm. and i talked to a lot of people who grew up in a home that was cluttered and they still you know you can you can go both ways you can either bring those habits with you or totally reject it so but our upbringing within our homes is definitely going to affect how we treat our surroundings. And we all need to come to that space where we really analyze, you know, if I, if I don't like being at my bed in my bedroom, or I don't even like, I work from home. If I'm in a place where I don't feel like starting my work day, sometimes it's because my surrounding is not inspiring. If I, if my bedroom becomes a catch-all for everything and I don't pay any attention because nobody sees us, I'm the only one, I've heard all these things, then, you know, I don't even feel like going to my bedroom. It's the place where I unwind and re-energize both. So our bedroom should be a sanctuary, but, you know, sadly enough, we leave it until the end because nobody goes there. <laughs> we concentrate on the living room and the dining room because everybody sees it, but we really should pay attention to our bedroom, to our spaces. Even if we live in a place that is small, we need to own that little corner that where we can feel that, you know, I can be me here and I can do my, the thing that I have envisioned doing in my place. Um, Another example would be, you know, if if I've always wanted to journal, but I don't have those things near me, I'm probably not gonna journal. If I have to fish for my journal in the clutter of my bedroom, if I don't have a place where to sit because I have to move everything first to then have a place to sit and write, I'm probably not going to get there. So again, if our homes is not supporting those goals, those routines, that vision, something needs to change. And it needs to change with urgency because 
it, it affects us and then it affects everyone else too. Yeah. So I usually ask my guests uh, for a piece of advice for moms and that sounded amazing as in a piece of advice, but is there anything else that comes to mind that you wanna share? A piece of advice to moms. I am a mother of five and I learned very quickly that what works with one doesn't work with the other one and so forth. So um, I think I, I, I'm, I was a mom in different ways to all my kids. But the one thing that was constant or consistent was I got to know their friends. Yeah. And I created, a, I created a space in our homes where their friends could come over. And even like sometimes you hear the jokes like, yeah, I'm a taxi driver to my kids. I'm an Uber driver. But those moments driving my kids to soccer. And sometimes it was, you know, three, four times a week to games. And can you pick up my kid, my friends? Yes, we'll pick up your friends. And so that gave me the opportunity of knowing who their friends were and be, becoming, you know, I'm not saying buddy buddies with their friends, but, you know, familiar with them, friends with them, and they would come over. I think that's really important if we want to know where our kids are, mm-hmm. what they're thinking. Um, we're, I'm not musical, but my whole family is. And when I say musical, I'm not saying just like we play in an orchestra or anything like that. My husband, my husband's a drummer. My kids love playing music. My husband, when he gets into his car, he likes playing his music. When, when the kids go into my car, they can play their music. Mm-hmm. I'm not that, you know, music oriented, but I got to know what they were singing, what their music was. I got to know, you know, the the singers and their new video so as we get involved and and we make them part of our lives and their friends their music their things part of our lives it's easier to establish communication patterns with them it's a lot easier to relate and communicate which is key as our kids start getting into those teenage years and you know their their challenges and their problems become more real because now it's not so much you know he took my toy away but you know now we're dealing with other life issues that that we need to be aware as moms even if if we're full-time working away you know a ride to a soccer game or a baseball game or whatnot might be exactly what you need to reconnect and find out what they're thinking what they like what they're listening to yeah I, I couldn't agree more I just shifted my schedule around because my son was like I really like it when you take me to school in the morning and so um like those those moments are are gold so I they are precious mm -hmm. yeah the other day my son my youngest son was organizing his soccer team so my youngest is 18 okay so my keep that in mind (laughs) and he's he became the manager of his soccer team they're all 18 now and so he called me and says and said, Mom, can everybody wire t- or e-transfer you the money and you can you keep it in your account? And I said, sure. And it just made me so happy because he said, most of his friends said, My mom's not gonna do that. My mom's not gonna do that. And he immediately oh. said, My mom will do it. He called yeah. me and I said yes. And then so I just felt like it, you know, we need to open those doors of communication with them when they know they can we can be there for them. But it's not gonna happen from morning to night. It needs to happen you know, throughout the years. I totally agree. 
what is a book that's been impactful in your um, personal development journey? Personal development. I can tell you one that I'm reading now. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Mike Mihalovich and it's called Clockwork. And it's all about, I know that clockwork sounds so much like productivity, but it's not so much about that. It's more about defining what your, what he calls your queen bee role is, which is the most important thing you should be doing in your job, in your company and arranging everything else. So you are doing that for your business. And as a business owner, sometimes I put a lot of attention in things that, you know, might be urgent or might look good, like on my Instagram feed, for example, when I should be paying more attention to things that uh, are more important to my business as a whole. I think that goes well for everything else we do in life. Like if we define what our more important thing is personally, as a couple, as a mom, you know, as a student, you, you name it. Mm-hmm. and we give priority to that first, then everything else should start falling into place, should. <laughs> but but if we get to do what's more important to us first, then we will feel that we're moving forward mm-hmm. and not stuck in putting up fires. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you? Oh my gosh, I would love to have your listeners follow me on Instagram. It's interiors underscore by underscore Jessica. So interiors by Jessica. And I that's where I'm mostly active. My website is the same, interiorsbyjessica.ca. And I would encourage everyone to download the free guide, which is, I got two free guides. One of them is how to accessorize your living room. And it's very practical. It has a lot of photos that show you, you know, what kind of rug to buy for the size of your furniture, the artwork. Sometimes I go into homes and little things like the way the artwork has been hung or how far apart there are little things that you can do on your own and that guide is key for anybody who wants to just start doing it on their own the other one is what I talked about is about self-awareness and the four keys to a home that takes care of you that one is also free and if anybody would like to know further about their unique design code, about a pl- about planning their decor within a budget in, you know, in a way that makes sense to you and your pocket, then the website is pins to reality.com. Pins from Pinterest, because I have a lot of students that have full Pinterest boards and empty walls. Mm-hmm. So it's pins to reality for anybody who wants to know how to do this on their own. Love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today and pouring into me and into our listeners. And um, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you so much. And for the work you do for moms. Thank you. We'll have another episode of Imperfect Momming for you next week. And until then, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A. 
L-Y-O-N-S.com. See you next time.